Well, while you guys are getting settled in and comfortable, I'm Brian. Um, there's going to be some people handing out a little sheet of white paper for you. It's like this. And just letting you know, we don't have a magnifying glass to give to you to read it. Um, we had a little bit of a snafu with the printer, and he thought we had Superman sight. So um, we will do our best to walk through this. We're going to use this to, through tonight. And so um, guys in the tech booth, if you can bring just a little bit of house light up, is gonna, they're going to need it. I think anybody over 30 is probably going to need a little bit more light. Just saying, I'm having trouble right here, and I'm right here. So... I'm, I'm overprinting. Well, we um, have a great uh, night in store for you. Um, we are super passionate about this focus series that we were have been a part. Um, we've talked um, a lot about how we are supposed to be the church, how we are supposed to be the church here in Tucson. And so does anybody, I'm going to start saying our mission statement, and then I want to see if you guys can follow. So it's inviting people into a life giving life-changing relationship with Jesus. And she put it on the, see, she, you guys did it without the screen. That's awesome. Um, and so there's two phrases that I want you to, to really learn about and not learn about, just kind of think about in this is the life-giving, life-changing. Life-giving is the peace that gives us eternal life, that Jesus came, died on the cross for us to give us that life-giving. No. Yes. Life-giving. And then life-changing is, if we're following Jesus, we should be changing. We should be being more and more like Christ. And so that's the next steps. We, you hear it around here, the first steps and the next steps. is The first step is that, is that giving, that giving that, that your relationship to, to Jesus. And then the next steps are how we move closer to Jesus. And so I, um, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we started this focus series. Jack's talked about the invite, right? And this is how we're going to live out the mission. The mission statement that we just said, we're going to live that out by inviting. He talked about the 1,000 invites and how we have been invited into a relationship with Jesus. And now it's our job to invite others to come into our lives and then so that we can reflect and live out the relationship that we have with Jesus. And so we are on that path of inviting a thousand people um, either into our life for dinner, into our life however, but we're going to be an inviting culture and that's how we're gonna live out that mission. Kimberly talked about connecting, like humans connecting together, connecting with Jesus and then connecting with other and then us as a church connecting and making an impact in our, in our world. And so that then becomes the serve, right? So we need to serve, Jesus came and we did uh, the sermon last week about washing the feet as an example of how we serve each other. And so that's how, the, how we're going to live out our mission. We're going to live out our mission by inviting, connecting, and serving. So let me just paint you a little picture. I drive through Midtown. I drive through Tucson a lot. And the things that I see break my heart. The poverty. The homelessness. Have you guys ever sat at Grant and Alvernon and watched just the traffic that goes through there? Physical traffic, pedestrian traffic? It breaks my heart. We have students here at Catalina that are homeless, that don't have a home. We have kids that don't have food in their belly to go to bed at night. 
there's garbage and rundown buildings and things that are boarded up and just it's 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 heartbreaking and that's the stuff we see the stuff we don't see is the domestic violence the broken families the hunger and the places of despair and no hope Jesus called us to Midtown to bring the light and the hope to Midtown. To bring the light and the hope to Midtown. And how we're going to do that is by inviting, connecting, and serving. But for us to do that as a, as a group, is it going to be easy? Think about homelessness. Think about addiction. Think about domestic violence. Is that just stuff that just solves in a matter of, of, of one action or one event? No. It's hard. But guess what? We serve an amazingly huge and powerful God. No amens? That was prompted. But we have to believe and we have to own that we serve a powerful and mighty God that his heart's desire is for some of that to be upturned. So that there is no domestic violence, there is no homelessness, there is no hungry children. But it takes us, us, to own our relationship with Jesus. It takes us owning the invite into a relationship with Jesus with others and into our lives. And we have to own that we need to connect with people, that we need to open our life to connect with others. And we need to own that we need to serve, not selfishly, but selfless. And so there's many different ways that, that we are going to do that. We're going to invite, we're going to connect, and we're going to serve. But we're going to, Jack's going to unpack a little bit um, about how we're going to own our relationship with Jesus right now. You know, um, <clears throat> owning our faith is not something that is... Uh, Fully, you can fully get your arms around it. But here, here's what it is. Whether you've been here and you've been walking with Jesus for five minutes or 50 years, um, you know deep down internally that there is something that, about this cooperation, about this partnership, about in your relationship and in your walk, uh, spiritually speaking. And so it's this tension that we have to live with because it's not that we're trying to earn something. Because uh, we don't. That's grace. We've been given grace in Jesus. But it is something about authenticating our faith. And, and that's really this challenge. In fact, one day Jesus has this kind of this DTR. How many of you have had a DTR in relationships before? Define the relationship. That's what it means if you've been married for 25 years and you forgot what that means. Um, it means you're defining the relationship. And Jesus kind of has this come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> Okay, uh, so, because he had it, and so he has this DTR, right, with his disciples one day, and it's in Luke chapter 9, and we just, I'm going to read a small part of it, and he has this challenge to them, and here's what he says. He says, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my follower, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. It's this incredible challenge that Jesus lays out for his early disciples where he's saying, look, um, there is a sense of ownership to this. And that's really why we, where we wanted to go with this focus series is we could talk about inviting, we could talk about connecting, we could talk about serving, and we can challenge and invite each other, we can invite you to be a part of the process, but you've got to decide. 
at some point to say, hey, I'm going to own this relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to own this partnership with Element City Church and this idea of, of us and the mission God's given us to be about. And so that is about this idea of followership, which means there's participation, there's activity, there's some things that I need to do. Now, again, it's not about earning your relationship with Jesus. You have been saved by grace alone, period. You've been given this incredible gift, is what Paul writes in Ephesians. But now this is about authenticating. In fact, the principle I wrote down was this. Owning our faith is not about earning our faith. It's about authenticating it. It's about this idea that this isn't just something I talk about. This isn't something that I just do when it's convenient. This is about something I'm owning in my relationship with God. And I'm beginning to walk this out the best I know how in the season I'm in. And so it may look different 10 years from now than it does right now, and that's okay. It should look different because owning your relationship, just like you own your relationship with your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, friend, niece, nephew, family member, whatever it may be, it changes. It ebbs and flows. We are to be active agents for God. N.T. Wright talks about that. We're to be participants with him. This isn't about this idea of of just uh, think of steel. Have you ever studied how they make steel or, or gold? Ladies, you like jewelry more. Okay, so um, it gets heated up, right? And it becomes this ore, and, and the impurities rise to the top, become skimmed off, taken off, so that it can become solid and sure. That's how steel is made. The smelting process gets up to 3,000 Fahrenheit degrees of how hot it gets this ore, so it can be poured into a mold of how it can be formed, and so it has the strength and this purity to it. And the reality is, as followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, my hunch is throughout your time, you're going to have those moments where Jesus comes and he, he says, hey, uh, let's have a DTR. Here's some habits, some hang-ups, some, some things that are kind of holding you back. And I want to I heat this up in your life because I want this, to, this impurity to come out. And I want to change you. I want to help you become more. And I want you to own this process with me. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to what? Completed, Paul says. Uh, Eugene Peterson writes this, the mature Christian life involves a congruence of grace and work. It's both and. We're not working for this in order to get grace. You've been given it. But now this is about authenticating. We can't stay spiritual babies. We're called to grow up. We're called to follow. That's an active process. We have to be about this. Uh, Ephesians 4 says this, we become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We're to grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We grow up and build ourselves up in love so that each part does its work. We have, a, we have an ownership responsibility in this process. And so that's one of the challenges we want to give you tonight. And so this is where the, the card comes in, is we can't stay where we are. In a sense, not just our, uh, not just us personally, but as a church. And so, this may seem challenging or stretching to say, "Well, uh, you know, I think I'm doing okay. I've been a, I've been a believer a long time, and I've done. I, I think I'm doing okay." So, I want us to look at this tonight as as a stretching, as a challenge, as a growth. Um, to maybe, if you've been a believer a long time, that maybe you rethink some things. Maybe you rethink about your commitment to Christ and maybe your habits. And so we, on this card, have listed a couple things. Um, if you can see, we, 
we can, we can laugh. It's all right. Failure's an opportunity to get your eyes tested. Um, so one of the first things is I will commit to reading my Bible more consistently. We know that that's God's word. That's about God's character. And if we're in his word, he can change us. If we're reading his word consistently, we will automatically change because his word is powerful. That's one, that's one thing. Ask, how many of you have version on your phone or a Bible in your home? Okay, that's like every hand, right? Bible in your car. So you can do this. If you don't have version and you want to read on the go, download it. It's free. It's awesome. Get a Bible. If you don't have one, we have one. There's no excuses. So for us to grow, we need to be in God's word. And that's not just a, just a saying. We really need to be committed to be consistent with our Bible reading. The second one is, I will commit to pray more, having continual conversations with God. So these, these, aren't, these are check boxes. We want to choose one or more of these to help us grow, to stretch us, to move us. The third one, I will commit to joining an e-group to help me grow my faith. There's a reason why God created the church and the people in the church is so that we can share life. The enemy wants us to live life alone, wants us to live life in isolation so that we, do, we can't share the strength and the power of, of many. And so if that's one that God's teach, teaching you tonight or pressure on your heart, hey, let's uh, join an e-group. And the fourth one is I want to get baptized. And included in that is I'd like to start a relationship. That may not even be you know, where you're at. But if you've been a believer and you're like, you know what, I have been traveling with Jesus and I've been trying to, to in that relationship, and maybe being baptized is the next step for you. And so as you are reading through those or feeling through those, um, as we go through these cards tonight, check a box. Think like, you know what, that's, the, that's, that's what I should do or that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, remember, progress is better than perfection. None of us in this room are perfect. Never. <laughs> I am far from perfect. And as you can tell, um, and so we want to take steps that are going to stretch us, that are going to condition us, that are going to move us in next steps with Jesus. That's what we're about because we can't stay here. So there we go. I think uh, with the, the next ones, which is kind of on the bottom part of the card, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, for some of you, before I get there, uh, you may be here tonight and maybe you're here with someone and you, you're open to religious things. Like, you're open to spiritual things, but you're not in a place where you'd say, yeah, I'm following after Jesus. And we want to remind you again, we love, like, absolutely love that you're here. In fact, we want to be a church where you don't have to believe to belong, that you can be on a journey with this. And for some of you, it may just be that your commitment tonight is just, hey, I'm going to open my heart up a little bit more to just turn in God's direction. And I'm just going to see if he'll prove himself to me. And we'd love for you to just take a year. What if you just set aside a year to say, okay, over this next year, God, I'm just going to open myself to you. And so maybe that's your next step for you. And it's okay to be there. Uh, to continue on kind of with us as far as owning our faith, we want to own our faith. And in that, we have some process. We've been talking about inviting and connecting. We've been talking about this idea that uh, we have to share our faith. This is about sharing our story. This is about sharing the story of the gospel, that there is life with God available through Jesus, that it isn't about trying to earn anything. It isn't about trying to figure everything out for yourself. It's about trusting in the one who said, you're worth him coming to earth and living a life and dying on a cross and rising again so that he can make a way for you to have life with God forever and always. 
And that's what we want to champion as a church. And that means we have to own sharing our faith. Now, for some of you, that's like super uber scary, okay? The idea of talking about spiritual conversations with people. Can I just remind you that study after study after study simply says this. People that you have a friendship with, a relationship with, are open to talking about spiritual things. Maybe not political things, but they're open to talking about spiritual things. Here's how you can do it. Just be you. Talk about why it matters to you. Talk about why Jesus is important, why church matters, why you orient your life even around that a little bit, why you pray, why you read the Bible. You don't have to have all the answers to everyone's questions. You don't have to know all the answers to, how come the dinosaurs died out? I don't know, Jonah, ah! Okay, you don't have to know all the answers to everything. This is about saying, hey, this is what I'm experiencing and sharing your story. So this is about us owning that what we care about, we share about. And if we care about Jesus, then it's, it comes up in conversation with people. We're not beating people over the head about it, but we are inviting them closer to Jesus, which may mean that you're just inviting them closer to you so that they can see the Jesus in you. It may mean that you're just inviting them to coffee or inviting them to a sporting event or inviting them to dinner like we've been talking about, hanging out in your orbit so they can be around you a little bit, so they can begin to see this authenticating faith as you're orienting your life around Jesus more and more. We need to own not just inviting, but we need to own serving. Some of the best ways that you can invite people, open people up to the opportunity to even hear about Jesus is just to serve them. It's to look around and say, hey, uh, I see you're struggling in this in life. Would you mind if I just pray for you? I don't have to pray right now. If you don't want to do that, I will. But can I pray for you this week? And I would love just to check in with you next week to see how it's going. And how can you be about this? And how can you do this? Uh, I love 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use the gift set and how God's wired you to serve your neighbors, to serve your coworkers, to serve the people around you. Because as you do, you earn the right to be heard. And in our, in our skeptical world, that is very arm's length about religion and religiosity, and for some uh, rightfully so, we earn the right to be heard as we just share authentically our faith as we serve people and love them well. And so as you ask God to show you ways that you can do that, it opens you up. And that's part of us owning. And so maybe as we go through this next list, we think about how does this apply to you? How do you work this out? And so on your list, there's a, a couple commitments under, under sharing. And uh, this, is, this is, you may think this is elementary or like, duh. But not a lot of us do this. And so I, one of the boxes, I commit to start inviting people to church, dinner, an event, a relationship with Christ. Most of all, just invite them into your life. Like Jack just said, share your life, and then they'll see if you're living out and reflecting Jesus. The other one is commit to, to, to learn how to share my story of faith. There may be many different tools that we can do or that you can research, but just the best way is to know your story. How was I before Christ? How as, am I, as I've 
committed to Christ? And what is my life different? How is my life different going forward with Christ? And those, no one, okay, I have to ask this question. Who's, Who's fear of rejection? I'm fearing rejection right now if you don't raise your hand. We are, we're, like Jack said, we are afraid of saying something and being rejected because one, we can't argue it, or one, we can't do it. No one can argue with your story. No one can argue with how God or how Jesus has got into your heart and has changed your life. No one can argue that. They can still reject it, but they can't argue the validity of how God has changed your life. And so those are the two things. We want, we want to commit to inviting people into your life, and we want to commit to learn about your story, being able to, to, to elevate our conversation, being able to get it out in 30 seconds or so about how God has changed your life. The other piece is serving. We do a lot of it around here. And the, one of the commitments is to serve one time a month here at church, one time a month, either on safety, set up, um, with e-kids, with anything. Just commit one time a month to serve because there's people that have have got us to this point and they've been they've been committed and they've been serving and they have got relationships and God is blessing them through serving and then the other one is uh, we do twice a year um, commit yourself to do the serve days that we do we do one um, usually end of the summer and then we do one on Super Bowl Sunday whenever that falls be committed say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to doing that I'm going to commit to serving in that way, and that's that you can check that box. And then, thirdly, I'm going to, I'm going to serve in a sense of I'm going to commit to exploring my spiritual gifts. And how, like that verse said, is God has given you gifts. God has given you ability. And how are you going to use them by serving? He's given us all kinds of things to do. And so that's the other thing that's going to stretch us. Some of these are going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be like, ah, I don't think so. But it's okay. We're in this community together. We're in with Jesus, and it will be okay. As a, as the church, that's my turn, right? You're up. That's me. Keep on talking. <laughs> Keep on talking, Dory. Um, you got it. Keep on going. As a church, we are all committed to owning these things. We need to, to commit. Um, if the, all these things were listed and, and it was one person, um, on there, it would be horrifying. It would be like, oh my gosh, I can't do all that. But that's the beauty of all of us, all of us together as the church, being the church, committed to being the church. Does that make sense? We're all part of the church. Some of us just come and go, but we all together, if we're going to bring light and hope to Midtown Tucson, we can't do it as individuals. There's actions that we can do as individuals, but if we're going to bring the hope of Jesus and the light of Jesus to a community that is the way it is into our city, we're going to have to do this together. Not just our church, but churches and partners. And so those, those things aren't easy. Some people is messy. Some people we don't get along with. Some people don't look like us. They don't act like us. And we excuse it and and say, well, I'm just going to attend or I'm just going to go. But for us to live out this mission, for us to live out the mission of this church and the mission of Jesus Christ, we need to come together. 
and do this as a church. And in Philippians 1.27 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. We have good news. We have good news. There's a, there is a city out there right now that is alone, that is hurt, that is addicted, that is trying to fill their life full of whatever but Jesus. They're pursuing fake news. Yes. So we have to be willing, willing to come together and give the light and the hope the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the only way that Tucson is going to be changed and that Midtown is going to be changed is through us. We're plan A. And he's given us the ability and all that who he is has given us. But we have to bring together in one spirit, which is the spirit, all together fighting growing our faith so that we can tell the good news of Jesus. So if you look at the, the card there again, if you could see it, just this idea of maybe a couple of things to be thinking about and what you could check uh, as a part of owning this and being all in together and owning this as a, as a group and saying, hey, we're about this. One is I commit to regularly attending Element City Church because it's my church home. That um, here's what, I'm just being real. Here's what I've seen. Um, and this isn't about attendance or checking a box. This isn't about, okay, you're here three out of four. It's not nothing about that. Here's what I've seen over the last 30, you know, golly, how old am I? 25 years of pastoring. I don't know if we can count if, that uh, Yeah, you know, Abacus, we don't have to. Um, when people stop coming and it's not in their orbit, they become very alone and very separated. And... Uh, and their faith struggles, just being honest. But when people, it's not that going to church makes you a better Christian, but there's something about the Hebrew writer who says, let's not give up the habit of meeting together, as some do. Let's meet together all the more regularly as we see the day approaching, that there's something about being together, not just alone in your own journey with Jesus, but together with people that helps you take those next steps. So just being committed to being here regularly, being a part of what this, the life of this church. I'm going to commit to increasing tithe or being invested here. Maybe you've never even thought about tithing to the church, never thought about like being a financial partner with the church. The church does not happen without the financial partnership with people. This is not pixie dust and fairy dust that makes all this go. It takes real money to do real ministry, period. And so if we want to bring the light and hope of Jesus to the Midtown and to have an increasing influence, that's going to take resources. It just is. And so we need to be people who, who just own this and, and say it. If you've never thought about giving it, here's what I always challenge people with. Just think priority and think percentage. I don't care. We don't care. We don't look. We don't measure. Here's what we're asking for people to say, okay, God, I want to make 
honoring you with my resources because I'm a steward. I'm a manager. You're the owner. I'm not the owner. And so I just want to invest. And so this year, what does that look like? And for some of you who've been giving for a long time, if you've never adjusted that, then maybe that's a challenge for God to say, let's, let's take that a little step further and, and let's figure out what this is. You and God figure that out. Um, we're not checking, but between you and God, you have a conversation about priority and percentage. I commit to pray for my church. Um, we need your prayers. The, the, the things we're trying to tackle to, to take care of hunger, uh, to, to try to, to help people in spiritual bankruptcy, and, and to help them find their footing with Christ and to move forward, to change uh, cyclical things that are a part of the Midtown culture and that are harmful for people takes energy. And it takes bigger energy than what we can muster and what we, even what we can muster together. But if we are committed to praying, we serve an amazing God who can do amazing things through ordinary people. And we've seen it all throughout history. The Bible is covered from cover to cover of God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And we want to be a church like that, that, that we can look back 10 years from now and see great, amazing things, just like we can look back now and see some amazing things over the last four or five years journeying together. And so as we talk about this idea of commitment, um, you know, some churches have membership classes. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church that has a membership class. Uh, part of what we wanted to do tonight uh, was that, but not membership, because here's why. I was a member of a gym. <laughs> okay. I was a member of a gym where I drove by, and I would wave, and they would take $15 out of my bank account every month. It was awesome. And then it's a good I realized marketing strategy. it's a great marketing strategy. I went one week. It was awesome. And then I paid a lot for it. <laughs> so then I quit. You know, so I felt a lot more freedom because then I drove by with no guilt. Um, but yeah, so as I went to get McDonald's. Anyway, um, membership can be that. I'm a member of Costco, right? I don't, I go to Costco for my benefit. I don't contribute anything to the culture of Costco other than people ramming carts. Um, but I'm not investing anything in Costco other than, okay, they're taking my money. But the reality is I, I don't, we don't want membership. What we want is partnership. We want people to be partnered and connected to owning part of the mission of their relationship with Christ and owning part of the mission of Element City Church. And that means that it's active. That means that it's participatory. That means that you're investing, in, you're investing here for the people who aren't here yet. Friends, that's the church. That's our role. We love you. We really do. But I love your friends who aren't here yet. I care about your coworker who isn't here yet because that's who we're trying to reach. We will love you no matter what. But we want to love the people you love and the people you care about and the people who aren't here. So as you commit to this, here's what we're asking, is that uh, if you have a pen that maybe you'd look over this, you'd sign it, drop it in the green bucket as we move toward communion, as we move toward a time of remembrance of, okay, Christ owned uh, his mission for you. That's what we remember during communion, is that his life, his death, his resurrection was a way of him saying, I've come that you may have life with God through faith in him. And every time we take communion, remembering that Jesus owned his mission. 
and that we are invited to follow him. And as we follow him, we're also owning part of that with him. So as you fill out that card, you could do that tonight. You could do that on the way out. There'll be a green bucket out there that you can put it in as well. If you can't read this and you need a magnifying glass, I hope you have one at home, um, read it this week. Bring it back next Sunday um, and be a part of that. And uh, Brian's going to close a few thoughts in prayer. This isn't just a, a guilt this is, hey, I believe that Jesus is worth the commitment and to stretch and that I can own these things because I want to be closer to him. And I want to exercise my faith and I want to make an impact in my world with my friends. Jack is absolutely right. Our, both of our hearts desire, and this church was designed for people that aren't here. We get to come in and we get to worship, and we get to hear great words about, the, the, about who Jesus is. But the most holy moment I think that happens is when we go out. It's the end. We get hyped up. We get to hear about God. We get to hear about Jesus. We get to hear about the relationship. And then we get to spend the week reflecting who he is. And that excites me. I don't know if that excites you. It's exciting to come and it's exciting to worship. It's exciting to raise my hand and praise Jesus and knowing that he sacrificed his life for me. But even more exciting is that I get to go reflect in a world that is lonely, that is hurting, and is full of despair. And I get to demonstrate the good news of who Jesus is in my daily walk by opening up my house by sharing my life, by sharing my story, and by be committing to that. That's what it's about. Is reflecting Jesus out there. So as we, I'm just gonna say a prayer over us. And if, if you feel, if you're like, hey, I'm good. I'm gonna sign this card and um, this isn't like you're locked in for like 10 years. We're going to visit this kind of stuff every year. Because if we're not growing 12 months from now, if we're in the same spot as individuals and as a church, that's bad. So this is just a tool to get us to stretch, to exercise our faith, and to move and see where God's moving. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sacrifice. Lord, you're powerful and you're mighty and you came to serve us by dying on the cross. Lord, I don't even imagine to know what that feels like. I don't even, I can't even comprehend. But I know that I'm excited to live a life of good news to a world that is full of not good news. Lord, let us be a church that is committed to you, that is working together with all of our individuals and gifts and talents and our resources to go forward, to bring the hope, the light to Midtown Tucson, that your glory will rise from our conversations and through the things that you've asked us to do. Lord, thank you for you. And Lord, as we celebrate communion, Lord, just as, as you said that the, the bread was like your body being broken on that cross and the, 
the Jews being your, like your blood that covered all of our sins. Lord, let us just own our relationship with you. And Lord, let you do the rest.